Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Transgender Point of View is an Australian news and current affair panel talk show. Airing weekly and hosted by Joy 94.9. Transgender people come from every region around the world, racial and ethnic backgrounds and faith communities. Chances are that you've met a transgender person even if you don't know it. But there are still many misconceptions about trans people. And as a transgender person, there are a lot of questions asked of us every day. What's this about using they as a pronoun? Isn't letting a trans person use my bathroom dangerous? Do I refer to you as he, she, it or they? So what's your real name? Are you a drag queen? What's the difference between sex and gender and why does it matter so much? Did you have the operation? What is stealth? How does someone know they are transgender? Really random questions. Are you sure you're not just super gay? You must be a transvestite. What bathroom do you use? Will I be able to have sex? What does cis mean? This is Transgender Point of View on Joy 94.9. Now, here's Michelle. You are listening to Transgender Point of View. Mama Mish, Anastasia. Have you been lovely? I went to Nowhere on Earth last weekend. Nowhere on Earth? Yeah, so we had to rely on solar panel and rainwater, and there was no Wi-Fi, and um, the closest town has about like 250 people. Oh, wow. And none of them are dark blonde, like they're all like Latin blonde. So, (laughs) yeah, you know the the attention I got. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah, Mr. You can imagine that. And as you can because I I, I assumed that we were going to Dale's Fair for the weekend, and because, you know, my friends changed plan at the last minute. So I packed stuff for a night out in Dalesford. So I rocked into this country pub full of, you know, bee people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bee town. And um, I was wearing like my leather pants, my black stilettos, you know, my mesh bodysuit and a black fur coat. Oh, wow. And all eyes were on me. <laughs> I think you like that, though. <laughs> no, not, not, not until two of the boys were like, oh, very nice. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have a quick drink and I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had, a, I had a great weekend. I went away to uh, Ocean Grove and I, I just hung out and uh, played with a, a mate of mine's um, uh, drone, actually. I got my tech on, my uh. geek. And we were sitting in the balcony and had a few drinks and we're mm. just watching this thing fly away and it could fly up to eight kilometers away from where we are. See, you paused at the wrong moment. You're like, ah, oh, I was there with a plate of mine. We played. <laughs> Your brain <laughs> is in the gutter. Your brain's in the gutter. We need to get you fixed. That's, that's it. I'm just so excited, you know, to, about the, the show tonight. So I have a wonderful and, guest lined up with us. And who's the wonderful guest tonight? So we have Eloise from the Gender Centre in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. They are doing a survey for the trans and gender diversity um, community, mm-hmm. focusing on HIV issues. Um, so please, you know, check them out. Positive Life or Gender Centre. Also, I have our lovely, lovely Dr. Catherine Barrett. Um, we are working together this weekend for the the Embolden Festival. No, what is that? So it's to celebrate um, aging and it's to celebrate LGBTIQ elderly. 
So you know, like Catherine is quite well known in that particular area. Yes, she is. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm helping her to do makeup um, for people backstage. Very nice. Yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, we've always enjoyed the stuff we've done with Catherine along the way, especially when we did things like the uh, real big hug. Um, yeah, so I just, yeah, she's always she's always great to work with. Yeah, she's such a lovely person. Yeah. So, yeah, so you get, you're get you getting your uh, makeup artist on over the weekend. Uh, you're building your resume. You like your, you know? <laughs> no, actually, I told them, well, uh, if anything, I would be more for like the runway rather than makeup. But I, I'm going to bring, um, you know, a Vietnamese trans girlfriend of mine. Mm. And she's a professional makeup artist. And Very she wants nice. to help. So she is volunteering her time. Thank you, Kara Tran, you know, for doing this. She <laughs> was on the show before. So, yeah. Wow, very How about good. You? What are you doing this weekend? This weekend, I, I get my kids back. My kids have been away. They've um, been away in Queensland with their mother. And so uh, they'll come back on Saturday and I'll get to see them for Father's Day because I'm oh. still daddy, even though I'm she and her. Oh, wait, this Sunday is, this Sunday. is Father's Day. That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, since I don't speak to my family. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you call. And anyway, so we have an interview coming up here with... Uh, Eloise. Eloise uh, from the Gender Center. Um, yeah, you are listening to a transgender point of view. Um, we will talk to you shortly. Here we go, Eloise. Another episode on Trans POV on Joy 94.9. This is your host, Anastasia Lee. Today, I have somebody else from Interstate with me, Eloise. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes. Um, so, would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself and your work as well? Yes. Uh, my name is Eloise and I am... Um, the media and communications person for the New South Wales Gender Centre. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, that's me. Yes. And um, Eloise, can you please tell us more about the Gender Centre as well as the positive life we were talking about earlier? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so the Gender Centre um, has been around for 35 years. It is an organisation that began out of finding accommodation for uh, trans sex workers yeah. and since then it has uh, grown and changed over the years and now we are the New South Wales peak trans and gender diverse um, organisation that looks um, after a range of things from crisis accommodation through to um, counselling and psychologists through to um, group sessions that we run mm. but we also do outreach to prisons, um, outreach to um, sex workers, community who are community, um, and we also are connected rurally and regionally um, to trans and diverse people and families. We have, we also more recently have been um, working with uh, trans and diverse families and young people, yeah. and we have a, quite a, an extensive number of families that are connected with our services mm. um, and you know, we do what we can to help the community to, to thrive and survive. Survive and thrive. Mm, wow, honestly, it's such a huge portfolio and I feel so privileged that you guys actually approach us, um, like Trans POV team. Thank you for that as well. 
Um, and Emily, early on, I was actually hoping to have the baby. <laughs> like, you know, with I know, you. I know, I know, but he, okay, <laughs> he, um, yes, he's, he's, he's a delight, but he was off yesterday at six, but we were able to, uh, to, um, get into childcare for today. So, um, it would have been nice. <laughs> he yeah. would have been a great. He would have lots to say. Just like we had kids on the show before, and I mean, I love Jujin, and just even hearing the laughter would be—it's just yeah. you know, it brings you joy, and it really gives you the motivation to change the world for them. Oh, yes. totally! I know, like with the, all of the craziness around us as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a a little niece, and she's um three years old, and um yeah, and I I miss her every day, and. Recently, yeah. um, she's going through one of those social, um, you know, pressure where because um, she was born handsome rather than pretty, yeah, yeah, and um, her um, her hair just doesn't grow out as long and as thick, um, and yeah, yeah. and um, so recently, um, and she was born with like darker skin tone as well and fairly strong yeah. build. And so recently, um, she told me that um, she doesn't like her hair and she wants to have my hair. I asked why, and she said because you know people think I'm a boy. And blue and cream were her favorite color, and um, yeah. these days she changed them into pink and purple and yellow, um, just so that she yeah. could look like a like we called a girl. And it's quite heartbreaking yeah. and at the same time kind of cute, yeah, you know. It. So, that is a bit heartbreaking, isn't it? Yes, it is. And the things like, I, I never thought, you know, gender stereotype would affect me. And then it's actually happening. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. And um, so, Eloise, also recently, the Gender Centre um, released a survey in collaboration with Positive Life in New South Wales. That's right, yes. And um, can you tell so, us, yeah. Yeah, so it's the Trans and Diverse Community Survey, and it's in partnership between Total of Life and Wales and the Gender Centre. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's running until the 6th of September, um, and so far we've, we've been getting some great responses, and nationally it's been really, really good. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. Who is this survey for exactly? The, in which bodies will the, the outcome be submitted to? Right, so I think, I mean, when we sat down with Positive Life to this survey, we were really motivated to um, to look into groups of our community that were not turning up in other surveys. So there's been a number of really fantastic surveys nationally and in New South Wales as well, and I'm sure there's something big. But when we reviewed those surveys, um, and the information was, was really, really good, we, we realised and we could see that there were certain groups of our community that were absent from it or didn't reflect upon the diversity of our, of our community. So we tailored this particular survey um, to capture, and, and the survey, because we're working with obviously Pos Life New South Wales, was really about capturing as many um, members of the community who are HIV positive. Now, it's not just HIV positive because, of course, the survey, you know, you, you make a survey and construct it to go out there and, and do a number of things. But we felt that trans 
people of colour, uh, called trans people and um, called sex workers and called, um, sorry, and trans HIV positive people were, to- were being completely underrepresented. And, and so when we look at the stats of what's happening internationally, especially around HIV, we, we have a sense that um, called and Indigenous um, women, trans women in particular, and trans women of colour, um, they are one of the most at-risk um, sections of the, the TGD community. Mm. What we've found, and I think this is reflected in a number of other surveys that have been done, is that we're just not capturing that community in a meaningful way. If the international surveys that have been conducted are any indication of the number of um, HIV-positive um, trans and diverse people, then when we come to Australia, it's just, it's, it just doesn't quite work. We know that we're underrepresented. We know that we desperately need to kind of be able to, to, to get data on that section of our community. And the reason that we do need to do it is that when, when we're trying to um, convince um, health, like health, or health departments um, in this state as well, if we don't have the stats on, on our community in those really important areas, then it becomes very difficult to convince them to, you know, to consider that section as a priority population or just trans people in general as a priority population. Okay. Uh, before we get back to like the reasons and w- and your findings, um, something I'd like to address, if that's possible. Um, for me, for some reason, when we um, when we call somebody trans people of color, I, I I feel a bit strange because to me, trans people of color means black people. Um, yeah. And um, you know, and that's another reason why I, I tend to address myself as you know a, a woman with trans experience from yeah. a diverse background because uh, yeah. I really don't want, want to take things away from the real people who started everything for us you know and um, yeah yeah totally yeah. yeah I think it's you know I think that the, our community is lives in a in a global space to a certain degree and I think we're really heavily influenced by say a lot of the stuff that comes out of the state so I think that called um, trans people is a great way of putting it. I, I, I sometimes say um, trans women of colour, but I think that's because I watch too much pose. Um, yeah. <laughs> or it's just, you know, like, so, and I think the thing about the language behind it too is that we're all still finding our feet and learning mm. the best way to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah, and then um, early on, the first section, um, you mentioned how, um, you know, you guys are sort of struggling to get trans people from different cultural backgrounds to complete the survey. Do you think there is a certain stigma that that's another reason why they don't want to get into uh, it? I think so. I think the experience of being trans and gender diverse is, is difficult. Mm. And then when you start to include, you know, culturally diverse or, um, you know, or if disability or, uh, you know, all the various combinations that come with identity and affect that identity, I think that if you... Um, are dealing with your culture as well as your gender identity, it becomes a load that makes it really difficult for you to, I suppose, participate in ways that 
um, more um, privileged kind of backgrounds might let you do that. So I know from existing surveys when with inter- when people are interviewed, there tends to be a run of kind of somewhere in the middle class, you know, you know, reasonably financially okay, um, and also predominantly, um, you know, Anglo. Um, and I think for all the reasons that it's it's easier to or for you to be connected to those kinds of surveys and social media, but yeah. you move away from that, it becomes more difficult. And I think, um, well, being, you know, Southeast Asian myself and being an immigrant, um, I sort of, I can only give my two cents of thoughts on this matter. Um, so where I came from, kind of rep- and even the generation I came from, kind of represented and reflected mm-hmm. the indictment of the education system over there. They would have like, mm-hmm. oh, sex ed in the school syllabus, but then like they just like say, oh, you know, if you um, have sex with that condom, you're going to get HIV. And that's it. Mm. Um, that that mm. was the only thing we knew about. And like mm. they did not teach us like, you know, um, where HIV came from, um, how mm. it's transmitted. And the thing is like back then, even until now, um, you know, in Vietnam, it's it's mainly when people say HIV, they see pictures of gay men back in the 80, uh, mm. 80s and 90s. And you know, so it's quite a degrading yeah. thing to be identified as, um, you know, HIV positive. So perhaps that's, mm. that's another reason why trans people of colour, especially who are in sex work, um, you know, would struggle mm. to survey because they don't want to out themselves. Totally. Yeah, that's really true. And it's also because, you know, sex work um, in where I come from, it's not legal. (laughs) Like, it's never considered a profession. And, like, you you, you wouldn't get licensed even. So, yeah, and, um, you know, I mean, there are so many layers to this topic. And... um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, you were right about intersectionality, where the diverse cultural backgrounds slash with gender diverse as well as like like diverse profession, I suppose, you know, um, kind of caught mm. up together because again, there's this stigma against sex workers in our society, you know, be it like, you know, um, developing world or first world countries as well. So is there a way that we can help you to get, um, or to, to, to really try and get more people from, the, from different diversity to participate? Can mm. you think of any ideas? Absolutely. Oh, I think that the best way to do it, and this is what we've been finding, is that um, we, I mean, the survey, you can access it um, through the Gender Centre's um, website. And it's pretty much prominent on the Gender Centre's, if you Google Gender Centre, you'll find the Gender Centre, and it's right there on yeah. the front, so you can do it. But I think that we have needed to think about how we access um, more diverse groups yeah. by talking to community members by like our caseworkers having conversations with um, people, community members that we work with who are from a diverse cultural background, talking with them, encouraging them um, and, and reaching out through those networks yeah. of our community, which which is a huge part of, of who we are. And I, I know there's often a debate about whether we are a community, but yeah. I think we really are. And I think that you know, like the community is best set to look after the community and those kinds of connections are so important because nobody 
Like, if, if our community who knows who in our community could do this survey or should do this survey, yeah. and it's it's about talking to communities and saying, hey, help us to change the way that that we are seen or understood so we can access the kinds of services that we desperately need. And I suppose that when you can complete the survey anonymously? Absolutely. Okay, that's, I mean, that's just, so an essential part of the survey, that it is an anonymous survey. So even for myself, like, you know, when I complete a survey or something, there's a lot of self-reflection sort of happening in my mind as well. Yeah. You know, so... Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can see the stress from people who identify in such a particular group may face yeah. internally. And, um, you know, yeah. Eloise, before we, you know, um, tie everything together, how do you reach out to the Jenner Centre as well as, like, um, like, the website to the audience? Uh, yes. So um, you can right. So you can you can uh, do the survey online through www.surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash pgd survey. Um, you could you uh, can go to the gender centre's website, which is www.gendercentre.org.au, uh, and it's on the opening page. Um, or you could even, if you wanted to have a chat with the gender centre about it, you could call us on um, 02 9519 7599. And, you know, they do offer great, uh, like, other services, you know, for the trans and gender diverse community. So please check them out. I will also include these on um, Trans POV on Joy 94.9 on our Facebook page as well as our substream Trans POV Kitchen on Joy 94.9 on Facebook. And this is Anastasia with Eloise. Thank you very much. Thank you, Eloise. Thank you. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. I have Dr. Catherine Barrett on the phone with me and you might have heard of her through her work in the elderly and aged care um, segment of our community. Hi Catherine, how are you? Oh Anastasia, lovely to be speaking with you. Uh, thank you for spending your time with me and you know it's uh, I think it's our second collaboration together. It is, it is and that first one was pretty fabulous, the real big hug. Oh, yes. Um, that was the celebration of uh, our allies and getting through the postal vote. That was pretty yeah. amazing. And then on Thursday, we are also celebrating, you know, this wonderful news from Tuesday night. Um, the the fair birth certificate bill passed um, the upper house and, and yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, and that, it's, a very exci- it's, it's a very exciting time and there was so much relief. And I think that there's also, to a sense, in... Uh, for a lot of people, that that you know, it's a, it's a it's a struggle. Yeah, there's a there's a fair bit of resistance because people know that we're gaining ground, but it is a it is a celebration of uh, respect. I think getting getting that through. And also for me, because recently I made a Facebook post about this, a short one. I, it it doesn't affect me as much. However, um, for me, it's very important because it highlights that we are stepping, especially in Victoria, we are stepping into a much more enlightened time where, you know, people finally has the, p- the power over their bodies and human beings are not defined by their own flesh. And um, yeah. that's really, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a huge celebration. And, you know, I think, yeah, you're right. It is important to stop and 
celebrate yeah. what we do achieve because there's there's a lot of ground still to be won. But, you know, it's just all hard work if we don't stop and celebrate. And, you know, the, on the Grateful Rainbow um, group, there are so many LGBTIQ plus people and their allies who, you know, just held their breath, I'm sure, yeah. uh, for the day, waiting waiting for the decision. For me, um, I still remember the first time uh, we actually met each other officially in person. You were asking um, everybody for coffee and you were bringing coffee for everybody um, into Rose's office. And um, for me, since then, I see you as like a saint, you know, like a healer of all kind. And <laughs> I still remember that image of you, you know, it was like cold and yeah. And, and you just asked everybody, you know, what would you like for drinks? And so like so specific as well. And um, yeah, and um, at the real big hug, you walked around and, you know, checking on things and we did the, the cupcakes together and um, the face painting and, you know, um, yeah, for, so for me, so that's that's the image of you in my head. <laughs> uh, well, that, you know, that's very gorgeous, but I've got to assure you, Anastasia, I am not a saint. <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment and where that's yeah. coming from. And in fact, you know, I feel far more human uh, than than saintly, and you know, I'm I'm so well. I'm most, <clears throat> maybe maybe where you're coming from is that um, I have a value around respect yep. for for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and some people are some you know there are some people that are hard to respect, but you know I have a value around humanness. Mm. Um, but I but I also have uh, I also am very human, and I don't always get it right, but um, you know I try. I mean, you know, uh, for those who are religious out there, God made us in his image and, you know, I'm pretty sure he's not perfect, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes. no, absolutely. And, and either, either are any of us. I know, because whereas we, you know, we would have, you know, plagues and everything going on right now. Um, so speaking of respect, um, you have been doing a lot of work um, around the elderly, especially LGBTIQ elderly in aged care. And um, I think it's very important um, for the community. Would you please, uh, you know, um, share with the audience, you know, how you came to this um, amazing sort of, you know, caring and um, this circle of love for the elderly? Yeah, well, the, the working with older LGBTI people is probably part of my coming out story. I love, I, I've always worked with older people. I think older people are the most interesting cohort of people on the planet. Yeah. And then part of my coming out was a real interest in older LGBTI people. And then meeting my first older LGBTI people and just going, you are amazing. And um, so then setting up Val's Cafe while I was at La Trobe University, uh, which worked <clears throat> pretty much directly with aged care service providers and and now with the celebrate aging program work that i do i what i want to do it's a social enterprise and what i want to do is work much more directly with older lgbti people because i felt before that i was doing important work but it wasn't necessarily uh, changing the real world the real world the real lives of older lgbti people so the work that I do now is under the banner of Alice's Garage, which is around empowering older LGBTI people and promoting um, healthy LGBTI ageing. And Anastasia, maybe at another point in the future, we could get 
uh, some of the trans and gender diverse elders that I'm working with who are working on a, a, a really, really important project called the Kinfolk Project. Yeah. And that's a project that's looking at uh, older trans and gender diverse people's uh, experiences of, of difficulties and particularly restriction of their gender expression by family members and service providers. And so we've been working with family relationship services yeah. um, to build their capacity to, to, to provide support for families and, and for older trans and gender diverse people. We've been working uh, and also to working with trans and gender diverse uh, elders more directly and working with um, aged care service providers on, you know, principles of um, uh, dignity and choice or autonomy. And so it'd be, be lovely in another point because the, to, to maybe have a conversation. So um, Sally Connie, Kathy Mansfield and Tony Painter are all um, co-leads on that project. And, oh, you know, maybe another point we can have a conversation about that. Because it's, be it's, 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 been, it's been an amazing project. Yeah, because um, for me, um, you know, the moment you posted about your the upcoming event, which we will be discussing later on, um, on the show, you know, the reason why I immediately called you because for me, I see the elderly uh, like a, a walking history book, and um, you know, they've seen so much and the wisdom they gain, and especially they uh, they have come out from a much much darker time. And I feel like, you know, the younger generation and the upcoming gen generation can learn a few things. I'll tell you about that. Especially start to really appreciate the, the queerness of their identity. Um, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it does, it does. And I, I, you know, I'm a great fan of mutual respect when it comes to age. Um, and I think, you know, I think we live in such an ageist world. And one of the things that I notice about LGBTIQ communities is that we are, I think, less ageist than the broader community because there's a, there's an awareness of history. But not everybody's got that awareness. You know, one yeah. of the things that I do as part of Alice's Garage, the last two years I've had the great fortune of um, hosting the Tea Tent, which was Midsummer's uh, space for <coughs> older, older LGBTI people. And it was really interesting watching a number of young LGBTIQ people coming into that tea tent and saying, what's Alice's garage and telling them it's for older LGBTI people and 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 just the faces just jaw dropping and just saying, Have we got elders? And it's like, you know, I think I think that surprised me that they were surprised. In fact it shocked me that they were surprised. Yeah. And you know, so not everybody, you know, understands and appreciates our history. But I think, you know, overall there is there is more respect within uh, LGBTIQ communities in the broader community. Mm. You see, because um, for me, I think uh, it's uh, it's the frustration that really brought me into this because um, so many times, because I grew up, like you know, from the gay community and especially the the gay uh, from diverse cultural background community, and yes. um, so and when I came out. With, with my true gender identity I face all these backlashes and uh, especially from cisgender gay males and uh, for me that's a frustration because uh, I mean, it resulted in my frustration because it's always it has always been um, you know the poorer uh, you know the darker uh, women of trans experience who really shook things up and provided the platform for everybody 
and um, yeah, and somehow we got all of the like we have to cop all of the the garbages and um, the anger, you know, uh, from everybody else from the community. So that's another yeah, well, that's that, yeah, that's that's not okay. And I think one of the things about understanding our history is you know understanding why respect matters really yeah and i think um you know it's um whatever crisis going on in the world is the result of lack of respect which we don't really teach kids enough in school at school and at home even these days yeah well i agree with you i agree with you i think uh we have a problem with the lack of respect in society broadly, you know, given that we've got such a problem with family violence and we've got a problem with elder abuse. Uh, and I think one of the things that we need is we need leadership. Yeah. I think people crave leadership, actually. And what I would really like to see is I would like to see a respect day in federal and state parliament where politicians led by just having a day where they spoke to each other nicely or spoke to each other politely and respectfully mm. and that that became role modelling for the way that we all speak to each other because I think, it, you know, what we see emulated in federal parliament or state parliament, it just it flows all the way down through organisations and communities and families and, and you know, we need to turn it around because, uh, you know, I think a lot of people want it to be different now you know a lot yeah. of people are you know that people want kindness they want respect they want equality yeah. and none of those things are too much to ask for exactly for me you know i i, I really agree with your point there but for me leadership is submission um but submission to the duty the people have elected them to do mm. not the succumb to power you know and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a beautiful description of leadership. That oh. that you you are there as a voice of the people rather than for your own the purposes of your own power. That's a beautiful mm. way of looking at it. Now this weekend, to my knowledge, you are hosting a very wonderful festival at St Kitty oh. Town Hall. Is that correct? I am. I am. I am. So as part of the Celebrate Aging program, which is the work I do building respect for older people. Once a year, we have a festival called Embolden, which is really bringing people together to really try and build momentum uh, for respect because respect is happening so slowly. Uh, and so there are LGBT, older LGBTI people presenting all the way across the two and a half days. But the, the highlight of the Embolden Festival from last year was the Fashion Parade. Wow. which is happening on Father's Day, uh, Sunday the 1st of September. Yeah. And the fashion parade features models who are all 65 and over. Wow. And it's it's something that we call catwalks against ageism. So it's the idea <laughs> of saying that the beauty is not the prerogative of youth, that we are all beautiful in, in different ways and it's a way of celebrating beauty across the ages but also too across different body shapes and genders and sexualities and skin colors and abilities and uh you know across the board so last year we had a um we had douglas mcmanus who's a fabulous designer designed outfits um for the older people on the runway this year what we're doing is we're doing a closing ceremony and LGBTIQ flash mob. The closing ceremony um, uh, celebrates uh, older trans and gender diverse people. So we have a number of older trans and gender diverse people 
who are who will be moving down the runway with uh, their allies and um, gender diverse younger people. Oh my God! And 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 it is a tribute to uh, older LGBTI people who have been through so much in terms of fighting for recognition of of who they are. So it's a celebration of them. And what we want to do, because this is a mainstream event, this is not just an LGBTIQ event, this is an event for aged care service providers, for older people more broadly, for the broader community. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that the LGBTI elders got a great reception last year. We want to make sure that happens again. We want the trans and gender diverse people to be absolutely celebrated as they come down the runway. So what we've done is we've invited um, LGBTIQ community members to come along and kind of, and do a kind of flash mob. Uh, and, it's, and it's not that everybody's doing one coordinated song or action, it's people coming along. So we've got some members of low-res choir who are coming along to sing. We've got people coming along to dance. We've got people who are coming along in coordinated outfits to move together. Yeah. Uh, and the the <clears throat> older trans and gender diverse people will be coming down the runway to Pharrell Williams' song, Happy. Oh, wow. And, yeah, which is beautiful. And the lyrics of that song, if you think about singing the lyrics to a person who might be LGBTIQ or trans and gender diverse phobic, they're really powerful lyrics you know this idea of can't nothing bring me down um is really you know the idea of saying um you know and he sings my love is too high so you know what i get from that is that that when that for older transgender diverse people who feel loved as people will feel on the catwalk when they're feeling loved when they're feeling supported there is nothing that can bring them down uh, and and that's the tribute. So we've got a filmmaker there who'll be taking um, a film, making a film from it. We've got a photographer there who'll be doing professional portraits. So it's just an absolute celebration of of um, trans and gender diverse people. And we have a fabulous um, makeup team. <laughs> <laughs> Would yeah. you like to talk about our makeup Anastasia? <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I love doing makeup, and I've been wanting to. Well, I, I don't. I'm not a, a professional makeup artist, of course. Um, but alongside with me, there will be a friend of mine, and she's um, been doing her freelance work. And this time, she's <laughs> volunteering to you know glamorize everybody, you know, with wall paint, you know, um, mm. and. Um, we just want to give back to the to to the the people who really paved the way for us and who constantly speak up the truth and really make changes in this society as well. So you know, and I think it's wonderful. Um, and um, yeah, we and I I've been wanting to push more of um, like multicultural diversity within the LGBTIQ community in Victoria and in Australia as well. So this time, yeah, I got this Vietnamese girl, another Vietnamese girl, and the two of us will help, you know, with doing makeup and hair. And, you know, just to bond together over all these girly things. (laughs) Which will be beautiful, beautiful. And I think um, we have Vika coming. Yes. Which is a group for Rainbow Families. Pacific Islander Rainbow Families. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you know, it will be a celebration of diversity and intersectionality. Yes. 
Um, and it'll be wonderful, actually. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And we've made some little... <clears throat> We've made some little business cards that that yeah. um, LGBTI <clears throat> community members are going to hand out as they move down the runway. Yeah. And the little cards say, beauty changes as we age, but is not less. Yeah. Do not let ageism or racism or sexism or ableism or LGBTIQ phobia determine the value you place on yourself or your beauty. Yeah. And I think it, we need to celebrate who we are. Yeah. And you see, um, recently I've been um, binging on a show on Netflix called Glow, um, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And um, I think these are quite appropriate to the conversation we've had because in the show, there's a character called Sheila, the she-wolf, and she dresses like a wolf on a daily basis. And she broke down into tears in one scene and she said that she's been doing this for five years and she feels happy. And so she's doing this for herself and not for the world to judge her. So she begged her teammates who, to see her and who she is, you know, uh, somebody who can connect to the wolf. And I feel like that's also a very beautiful message, you know, out to, you know that we are doing this. You know, we are living our authentic self for ourselves not for the world to judge, you know? <laughs> well, that, well, you know, I think that's a beautiful sentiment, Anastasia, because when you and I were talking about would we have, you know, a dress theme when we went down the runway, I remember you said to me that you, you wanted dare wear or, you know, and it was this idea of, you know, daring people to wear whatever they wanted to wear that was their authentic, that represented their authentic selves. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a lovely thing to do, to invite people to be on the runway, just being their authentic selves and saying to people, and that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, for me, because <laughs> for me, like I do have some outfits that I keep saying, uh, I'm waiting for the right moment to wear it, or it's just too much and I can't wear it, but I just love it. So, you know, um, and I thought that would be a wonderful thing for people to really encourage people to, 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 to step out of their comfort zone and especially the elderly, they all come from a, you know, a, a much more suppressed time. They might not have the, the ability um, to, to express who they are fully. So I, I really want to encourage people to do so, you know, because, you know, we you just be yourself for one day, you know. That's, that's, yeah, that was my idea, really. And there's not a better way to do that than with a whole heap of people who are your allies yeah. walking with you. So that's Dr. Catherine Barrett, from, uh, and you can contact her directly on Alice's Garage at um, the, like dot net. Alice's Garage dot net, yes. I that, or celebrate aging. Aging dot com. Dot com. And um, thank you, Catherine. Thank you very much. And I am excited. I'm very thrilled. <laughs> Well, we're very much wait. looking forward to Sunday. We'll have to share photographs with everybody. Yes, we have. So, and then I will also include a link um, to the event on um, Trans POV on Joy 94.9 on our Facebook page, as well as Trans POV Kitchen on Joy 94.9. This is Anastasia Lee and Dr. Catherine Barrett. Again, thank you so much. Such a Thanks, Anastasia. Such a wonderful, wonderful soul. Yeah. All right. And have a good night, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. Ciao. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. 
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.